Welcome to Parkside Chat. Today's episode serves as a detailed explanation of where our great district is at in terms of a potential referendum. We will reflect on what we've been able to do in the last four years and where we need to go in order to ensure that we continue to move forward in preparing our students for 21st century society and beyond, or to infinity and beyond, as Buzz Lightyear would say. I'm your host, Jess Ivanelli, and I have the great pleasure of doing yet another amazing podcast with the man with the plan, Dr. Nicholas Wade, Superintendent of Schools here in Elmwood Park, CUSD 401. When did the preparation for this potential referendum begin? This actually started last spring when the Board of Education approved a contract with E.O. Sullivan Consulting. Uh, it is a third-party consulting firm that helps out um, school districts or certain you know municipalities or what have you uh, be able to kind of go out there and collect information and help advise on what would be a best path forwards to achieve your respective goals. So part of what they did was in multiple phases for all this work that's been done so far. Let's start with phase one. When did it occur and what were some of the highlights? So phase one kind of happened in the, in the late spring where what there was, there was like a very open-ended type of survey where it was asking about, you know, what do you like or not like or what are some things we'd like to see happen in terms of our district and also kind of get some demographic information about those respondents. You know, all that information kind of helped you know, collectively give us a more robust idea about what are people's perceptions um, about the district, whether, you know, uh, real or not, but kind of help us in trying to figure out what are our priorities as stakeholders um, for the district and kind of move forward. And in addition to that survey, then we also had a series of community engagement sessions where we kind of got to hear from people for a couple hours at each session about their thoughts were. And at the same time, we also created what's called a community committee which is comprised of roughly two dozen people from the community that are as diverse as our you know, community's demographics are to kind of help be a sounding board throughout this entire process about really how the community would be responsive to some of the information that we're collecting. I just want you to say community committee like four times fast. Let's see how that turns out. Nope. <laughs> yep, I'm getting the eye roll. Okay, so after you've got the information from phase one, what did phase two entail? So phase one, uh, we actually learned a lot of information, a lot of useful information. I know we talked about this before on a previous podcast, um, you know, which was great to kind of, you know, hear from the community and kind of validate what we were already observing as well, which is the community has been very appreciative of a lot of the changes that we made in terms of programming resources and the support for staff as well. Um, in addition to how much we've expanded our communication outreach over these past few years. So we've gotten a lot of positives and a lot of things that people would like us to see do are actually things we're already doing or planning to do. It just might be more of a matter of speed or pace, let's say. For example, the college and career pathways, people would like that to have happened you know, years ago, years but ago. You know, there's a process behind that. So uh, we learned a lot of information about that, but also what are some of the things that they would like to see the district tackle in the future? I think what's really important to note is a lot of things that we've been able to accomplish these past few years, whether it's in terms of programming um, or the true middle school or full day kindergarten, these are things, or, you know, one-to-one even, like these are a lot of things the community has been asking for for such an extended period of time that this was a great opportunity for us as a district to really get an idea about what's going to be that new batch of 
real or perceived needs and wants, you know, so I think that's been extraordinarily useful. But from there, there was like a list of like 10 individual projects, so to speak. And like, you know, that could be about increasing, you know, social emotional health or assistance, you know, doing full day preschool that's free for everyone to, you know, um, installing a trades and manufacturing center or STEM labs in the elementaries, but a whole bunch of different list of projects that basically we could like look at what the cost would be, how do people feel about them, and like what's also just, you know, the logistics behind it, you know, is it even needed and, and what would that look like? I believe the number one request was a podcasting studio. It was me. not. Surprisingly, it got nowhere on there, so you didn't even take the time and effort to forge a submission to put it in there. Wow. Okay. Well... <laughs> I'll see if I can get that into phase 12. That's going to occur at some point. We're only doing four phases. Okay, well, I failed. All right, so four phases, but let's start with, Lord. let's talk about three, which is what we're in right now. Yeah, so phase three, so um, I know we're going to have a lot of information going out there really like detailing all the things that we were able to kind of go through in phase one and phase two, but phase three is kind of getting more of like the meat and potatoes of this whole referendum outreach actually is, which is what can we do about our elementary facilities, especially given, you know, their age, their current condition, and is that really what we want to have reflect our expectations for our students and staff in terms of what a quality learning environment could be. And so where we're at with that is, you know, we were able to kind of ascertain from the hundreds of people who've been participating in these community engagement sessions, the the online and phone surveys, which is like what would be the best path forward. And what we are looking at is that we really have three real options aside from not doing anything, which I personally don't think is, is a fantastic option. And, and the three options that we have are option one, we just renovate the two existing elementary buildings and put on a four classroom addition at John Mills to option two, which is you renovate both buildings. You still put on the four classroom addition at John Mills. But then you would also be filling in the courtyard um, at Elmwood Elementary, and I'm sure I can explain that later. And then the other one is new construction, which is where you would actually build a community elementary school for both the buildings. So as I'm understanding this, four potential options. Let's go into a little bit more detail. We know one of the options is to do nothing. I wouldn't think we need more detail on that one. But Right, and I should stress, like, you know, what kind of gets asked with that is, you know, well, what happens if there's a referendum and it fails, or what happens if we don't go to a referendum? And, and I kind of tell everyone to do, like, the bare minimum of what option one is would take well over a decade, and it would completely consume our operating budget. And it would also completely max out our debt capacity. So it would definitely create a lot of challenges. And what's interesting and also very much endearing is the fact that, you know, we definitely receive a lot of favorable support from all stakeholders about all of our recent efforts. So it's kind of like then we'd have to be there struggling. How do we balance, you know, the actual, you know, the needs of these structures um, as well as like maintaining and expanding upon these programming opportunities. So what would be option one? So option one is where, um, and I kind of go back to like things that we communicated about like even like, you know, over two and a half to three years ago is like we did a comprehensive assessment of all of our facilities and basically, you know, what do we need to do in terms of life safety? And that includes like all the plumbing, the you know mechanical, heating, electrical. I mean, there's uh, tens of millions of dollars of work to be done in all of our buildings, especially the two elementary buildings where, you know, they're either at or about to approach 100 years old. So what what would happen is for option one is you would completely 
um, address all life safety projects. So you would update all that, but you would also then obviously take care of like, you know, for lack of a better word, the aesthetics, like you would kind of really modernize that learning environment as best as you can. Cause if you go through our elementary buildings, I mean, I mean, we still get people who were there 20, 30 years ago and they're saying it's exactly the same and, and, and they're not wrong. I don't, I really want people to be aware that they're not embellishing this in any way. You know, like, so we would be not only dealing with all the life safety, but, you know, we'd be updating or modernizing it. And then we'd be adding a four classroom addition at John Mills. And the reason why it would be John Mills is because traditionally that's always had a higher enrollment, but also it currently holds our bilingual and our core classes. And, you know, it will be holding our preschool. So we want to be able to make sure, even though it's fine right now in terms of space, that we still have additional classrooms and, and everything else um, just in case. Elmwood traditionally has never, I mean, it had like one random year where it's peaked over 600, but it's usually very much well below that. So in terms of adding additional space, it's not that primary concern at this moment. Okay, so option two, where do we go from there? Option two becomes, so it's everything I just described in option one, except the change would be that at Elmwood Elementary, we would be adding that additional classroom space in the form of the, of the courtyard. And so... What's really important to stress is right now, none of our, our, that building is not able to house another level on top of it in any way. So it's not like you can build up. And if you wanted to build out, we'd be taking up all the playground space, the blacktop. And I don't think anyone really wants that. So you can get about almost a little under 13,000 square feet within that courtyard because we'd obviously have to replace all that equipment as part of our life safety. And it does get smaller, but you can move that somewhere else, like kind of just on the outskirts of the building or, or somewhere else. But then you could fill up that entire courtyard where that would also allow you to make the entire building ADA accessible, which it currently is not. And I think many people are always shocked when I say there's no elevator in there. And they're just, you know, then they realize that's true. It's just kind of something you don't normally think about. Where what would happen is we'd fill in that whole courtyard, so then all the classrooms that are touching the courtyard would have to be gutted. You know, so we kind of almost do a completely new layout within Elmwood Elementary. Now, here's the kind of the rub with that. So the big difference between option one and option two is like, you know, in option one, you can do all this work over the summer, like three to four summers. Option two, with the work at Elmwood Elementary, that would have to be happening during the school year. And that would definitely go into two school years. And with taking up those classrooms, we would definitely need to have mobile classrooms that would be somewhere, whether it's on the blacktop or in the ball field, but we would have anywhere between five to ten classrooms just to kind of have the time to kind of work on that. And then we'd be having all that construction happening during the school day for 18 to 24 months. So there's a lot to ask of of that, but that'd be the only real feasible logistic way to kind of have both schools get their increased square footage. All right, so biggest option, option three. Option three. So option three is really the only new construction option that's that's actually feasible or logistically so, let's say. And so what would that would be is that for the sake of argument, we're going to assume that we're going to be building this new elementary school near the John Mills Elementary uh, vicinity. You know, mm-hmm. so that way we're not going somewhere smack dab in the middle of a residential area. So what would happen is the district would need to procure 21 homes that's around John Mills Elementary, and those would be things that would be purchased from, you know, the homeowners, as well as then reaching an intergovernmental agreement with the village of Elwood Park to have Mills Park. And what would happen is we would build one elementary building over there, 
and this can and this work can happen and still have and still have school in session at John Mills. So it's not interfering with the school year or the calendar or anything like that. And what we have is that conceptual design out there that we can actually fit a number like we I think we plan to have like ten general education classrooms for each grade level in addition to having all the plenty of rooms and space for the specials or special education bilingual it takes care of all those needs and uh, so you would have a brand new elementary school as well as expanded amount of green space that would kind of come of that and that would happen all over on the north side in the john mills area what would happen to the old john mills building is once the new building has been constructed and that last summer leading to like the grand opening john mills would actually be demoed and that'd be converted into green space or remaining parking actually this project would also take care of all the parking that be needed so we wouldn't be having everyone parking in the neighborhood it'd all be taken care of there on site right now like that'd be like you know we have about you know 1300 students it would be able to more than house 1300 students it could actually house up to 1600 by this recent conceptual design that was actually made and then the big other big question is what would happen with Elmwood oh, Elementary and really the more the more feasible option for that would be a podcast to, studio nope it'd be a pretty large podcast studio be but amazing. you know it, it'd be like turning into green space but that's something we're gonna be trying to get feedback on from people like in this next um, phase like you know what would you like to see happen of it but we know that green space is critically important to the community that definitely came out in the other two phases so this was kind of something that could kind of check a number of boxes for people the big other big difference between those options is the cost so what would happen is option one would be which again is just renovating both the elementary schools and expanding john mills that would come to about 55 million which would be on the average home would be about 550 dollar increase per year for option two, which is renovating both, expanding mills and filling in the courtyard at Elmwood, that would be more between 70 to 75 million. And that's because we need to know what the number of the mobile classrooms would be. And those are like a million dollars a classroom due to the number of things we have to meet in terms of the school code statute, that type of thing. And, and that would be about 700 to $750 on the average home a year. And then for new construction, it'd be $82 million. And That includes everything. That even includes what you would do at Elmwood, the new building, everything. And that'd be $820 a year uh, on the average home. So I'm listening to all this, and I'm very excited. I haven't done anything yet, and I want to get involved in what's left of the process. What can I do to help? So the you know we've been advertising out there. I know a lot of people have seen it. Um, we have about four community engagement sessions in this latest phase. We're also going to be doing another phone survey. So everyone get ready for that, um, as well as an online survey. We're going to try and keep getting it out there as often as we can because we really want to hear from everyone what their initial reactions are to these. I think what's really what I'm optimistic about is that a lot of people um, across Elmwood Park have expressed the understanding about why, why there needs to be an investment in, in the schools. Um, I think it's just going to come down to what's the scope of this project and what's the long-term investment for the district. And so I'm hoping that people are going are gonna to want to be as equally involved, if not more so, as they have been in the past. But this phase is very important because what we glean from this is really what the recommendation is going to be made to the board to have it as a ballot measure for March 17th. 
So what we are asking of you is your continued participation in our community engagement sessions and with all of the surveys that are occurring, as it is your collective opinion that informs us of the steps to take to continue to forge ahead towards our goal of inspiring minds in the pursuit of excellence. Check out our station often for new and exciting stories about our district, and thank you for all you do for our community, district, and students. Until we meet next time, that is that for the Parkside Chat. Oh, thank you.